Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It is championship weekend. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian, our one-hour post-game show to break down the women's final and get you ready for the men's championship tomorrow. Two weeks of tremendous tennis, all leading to these defining moments. New winners on both sides. Here's the ladies' final. Fiontech cementing her status as the best player in all the land. She's now won her last 10 finals, all in straight sets. Already one of the game's greatest closers, Iga Fiontech, gets it done in New York City. Come on in, Steve Weissman, back alongside Paul Anico and Chanda Rubin as well. And listen, Iga Fiontech setting more records. First Polish player to win a U.S. Open title. Chanda, you were on the call with Mary and Lindsay Davenport. How did it all go down? Yeah, it was really interesting to see the way both players started, how much nerves would come into play, how much tension they both have. And Sviantek just got off to a better start. She was moving quicker behind the ball. And for Anshabur, just a little more sluggish, a little slow with the feet. And that was part of her struggle in getting into this match. But the second set became a real battle. Both players trying to find a high level, and it really came down to the wire. It's just amazing to think about it, right? 21 years of age, her third major. It was just it was just a couple of years ago, right? We were wondering what this potential was going to look like. Cut to 23 months. How about three majors? She's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. She's 21 <laughs> years of age. She is just building. These are building blocks that could become monumental. She continues to get more and more confident in the big moments. This is going to be uh, trouble for a lot of the women on the women's tour. Seventh title this year already. First hardcourt major for Iga Sviantek. Let's get straight to the highlights, show you how it went down. Sviantek and Jabir meeting for the fifth time. They had split the previous four. Iga, first top seed to reach the final here since Serena in 2014, Paul. And she came out on fire. Yeah, I mean, so much of these big matches are about the ability to set the tone. And Iga Sviantek did exactly that at the beginning of the match. Such dominant tennis, 12 of the first 14 points. She felt comfortable. She looked comfortable, got the big lead early on. But give that woman some credit. Anshabur did a nice job in the middle of the set, right about here, starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. And you wondered if she was going to claw all the way back into this first set. But Sviantek did a terrific job resetting herself. 
and continuing to control with the big forehand using variety and athleticism and the capability like that to come forward and finish off short ball. She just did such a nice job mentally. She stretched that lead from 3-1 to here at set point and reasserted and reestablished that dominance. A terrific first set. Well, Zabur had come from a set down to win their only Grand Slam match previously. That was Wimbledon last year. What would she do in the second here, Chanda? Uh, it was really more of the same beginning of the second set. Shviantek with great points here and comes up with a huge backhand up the line. It just looked like the Shviantek train was rolling, and it was tough to see how Jabur was going to stop it for a second time. Again, the backhand up the line, finding the edge of the line from Shviantek. She actually had points to go up for love, Shviantek did in the second set, but Jabur started stepping in and leaning on her shots a little bit more. She started getting a little more positive energy, started getting more first serve points. And right here, see a little more of the cat and mouse tennis and Jabur just finding that extra feel she's so synonymous with. So she would turn it around and get to the tie break. And the first point, it looked like Jabur was feeling it. Huge backhand. But it was Fiontech who just settled in a little more right here after missing a couple of shots. This forehand really turned the tables again. Both players struggled to find consistency in some of these big moments, but it was Fiontech who found just that little extra gear. is more solid in the end and gets a huge title. Great fight there from Algebur, pushing it to a tie break. Fiontech in her last 10 finals hasn't been pushed that hard, but still in the end, Martina. Surprised by the confetti. Nobody's surprised that Iga Sviantek is your champion. Let's hear from her. Coming back after winning Grand Slam, it's always tricky, even though if, if Ron Garros was the second one. So I really needed to stay composed and focus on the goals. And for sure, this tournament was really challenging also because, yeah, it's New York. It's so loud. It's so crazy. Um, there was so many... And I mean, such an amazing tournament, such an amazing season. Well, I, I, I know that this is, you know, already a pretty, pretty nice rivalry and we're going to have many more and I'm pretty sure you're going to win some of them. So. Nice words there from Iga Sviantek. As you take a look at the final stats, Paul, what stands out to you? Well, a couple of things. First of all, almost 80% first serves, and that helps a lot, relieve some of that pressure. And what it did is it flipped the tables a little bit, put pressure on Jabur's second serve, and how did that manifest itself? She was only winning one of three Jabur on her second serve point. So a lot of pressure due to those stats. Look, there was more uh, errors uh, than winners in this match. A lot of that is pressure. A lot of that's the situation. Jabur did a great job fighting back in the second set just a couple too many unforced errors in that tie break and we saw why Igish Fiontek's number one in the world four five in the tie break forehand winner down the line on the line that is guts and confidence impressive way to finish Chanda after that 37 match win streak she was not dominating anymore and Iga coming in uh, was questioning the tennis ball she didn't like them so you didn't know where her mind was at what does it tell you that once again in a final she gets it done in straight sets yeah, I think she did okay with those tennis balls. Maybe she <laughs> ought to rethink her thoughts on it. But, you know, certainly for Shviantek, she didn't play her best tennis throughout much of this tournament. There were matches where she was down and out, and it looked like she was not going to find her way across the finish line. But she has been so good at digging into matches. She did it in her 
road, getting to number one in the world. And she had to do it here again to get this U.S. Open title. The fourth round in particular, she was down a set and a break, was getting out hit by Niemeyer and found a way to turn that one around and then run away with the third set. And then again against Sabalinka, who is also a huge striker of the ball. Sabalinka... Sabalinka was up in the third set 4-2, and Sviantek again just weathered the storm, stayed the course. And I think when things got a little tricky against Jabur in that second set, she kind of started making a few more of those errors, but in the end had the confidence to know she could still win, not playing her full best tennis. And I think that is the mark of a great champion. On Jabur. Finals, last couple of majors, Wimbledon, now U.S. Open. What's your big takeaway for her? Well, I think the big thing is we're seeing that she's capable to rise to the big moment. Uh, she knows what to do in big moments. She trusts her game under pressure. Sure, she can come up with some unforced errors, but she knows how to set the tone early in matches, and that's what champions do. And then when there's pushback, they dig in, they hit that reset button, and uh, it's just really impressive to watch her settle in under pressure and watch her figure out ways to do what she does best when the pressure is at its highest. She's up to number two in the world. Great that on the men's and women's side, we've got the top two players in the world playing for championships at the U.S. Open. Lost first round, Roland Garros had a lot of expectations there. And then the runner-up, Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Chanda, what is next for Angebur to break through and get that first major title? Yeah, certainly it's got to be playing her best tennis in these final matches. I thought the Wimbledon match, she played better. She was up in that match, and maybe the moment just got to her a little bit. This final here in New York was a little bit different. Just couldn't quite find her game, Jabur, but I think she can take a lot of positives from her year, from getting to two major finals, and just knowing it's just the next step. She's got to keep giving herself opportunity. She's got the game. And I think part of the, the confidence in Jabur is knowing she can execute a different style of play. That's what she's got to continue to rely on. But it's been fun to watch her rise, and you know, there's still so much upside. It's not if, but when Angebur gets her first major title. And like Paul said, Iga Sviantek, 21 years old, already locked up a spot in the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Pretty awesome. We'll hear more from Iga throughout the show. Here's what we have for you on TC Live. World number one and a first major title on the line in the men's final. Our experts tell you who's got the edge. Plus, our world-famous doubles report with a dominant McTate. And our Evian Americans in action celebrating two of the top four players in the world this year. Straight ahead, we continue to celebrate that woman, your 2022 U.S. Open women's champion, Iga Sviantek. TC Live at the U.S. Open is presented by Evian, proud sponsor of the U.S. Open. Tanda Paul and Steve back on TC Live at the U.S. Open presented by Evian, Iga Sviantek. Your 2022 champion, winning 6-2-7-6 over Angebur to raise the trophy in New York City. A reminder, the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2022 US Open merchandise. Get US Open gear for the entire family. Check out a variety of one-of-a-kind US Open accessories. Visit USOpenShop.org today. Well, Serena Williams was the story of week one, playing likely her final match in New York. Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport sits down for our Tennis Honors Series. And tennis has always um, been one of the lucky sports. Whereas we started as a pro sport in the 70s, 
um, and have always had these amazing champions. But it wasn't really until Serena came along that she really broke down a lot of barriers and really introduced this sport to a wide range of people all over the world. And all of a sudden we had little girls wanting to be like Serena. We had a whole new set of fans that really got into the sport because of everything that Serena and Venus were able to accomplish and everything they stood for. I could see a change at all the tournaments and the excitement level that all of a sudden people had towards women's tennis into just seeing Serena and being able to see her play, getting to see her walk around. We had never had a champion like that before in our sport. Well said, Lindsay. So much at stake in tomorrow's men's final. Can a teenager raise the trophy or the first man from Norway? Number one on the line. We will get you ready next. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Ticket to Sunday's showpiece final. Carlos Alcaraz and Casper Ruud taking a look at our Tennis Express head-to-head. -head. Carlitos has now lost a match or a set to Casper, and they have played with the pressure of a big-time title on the line. Alcaraz beat Ruud to win the Miami Masters earlier this year. He was 18 years old back in April, became the youngest champion in Miami Open history. Came back from 4-1 down in the first set. Also the first Spanish champion at the event. Michael Chang, Rafa Nadal, the only players younger than Alcaraz to win their first Masters 1000 title. Well, before we break down the final between Alcaraz and Rude, got to give some love to Francis Tiafo, first American man to reach the semifinals at the U.S. Open since Andy Roddick, first black American to do it since Arthur Ashe had Michelle Obama there. Chan, this was a moment for Big Foe. It really was, and I was so happy with how he rose to the occasion. Of course, didn't get the win just couldn't quite get over that finish line, but it was looking like it was going to be very quick in four sets. And Francis Tiafoe found a way to turn things around in the fourth to fight, to dig in and battle. And I think those are the ways you learn and you keep growing your game. He's been impressive how focused he stayed uh, throughout this entire fortnight. And I think he only gets better from here. So some big results that he can really gain confidence from. And you look at it, right? He has a huge win over Rafael Nadal to get that under his belt. And you figure, okay, next round he's going to have a letdown. He's going to be a little flat. 
he goes out and plays such a good match against Rublev. And just to me, it's a sign that Francis is really maturing. We know he's such a phenomenal tennis player. He loves the crowd. Um, he's electric out there. And as Chanda said, when you get in a match like that yesterday, there's so many pivotal moments where you can either lose it or regroup. And after Francis lost the second and third set, you wondered what would happen. Well, what happened was he won, I believe, his seventh straight tiebreaker at the U.S. Open in the fourth set and really made it a war. So for me, this is just the beginning for Tiafo. Uh, Big Foe's got to hold his head up high, and now he has the tangible evidence he can play with and beat the best anywhere on the planet. He broke the U.S. Open record for most tiebreaks, won without a loss at the tournament. Incredible stuff. But we've got the final between Carlos Alcaraz and Casper Ruud. Ruud got past Corinne Hatchinoff in the semifinals. Chanda, a close first set that had an insane final point. Yeah, there were so many good rallies that high backhand from Rue to get himself multiple set points, but it got tight here. And this was the point, Steve. 6-5 for Rue. It was a 55-shot rally. Yes, that was not a mistake you heard. 55-shot rally that Rude won. And it really set the tone for the match. Once he got that first set tucked away, it took a minute for Hatchinoff to recover. And Rue just went to work. Got the second set, but Hatchinoff, he is a big ball striker as well. Got the third, into the fourth, Ruth again stepped up. And he's been so impressive how he's been looking to dictate play, to control the court. He's been using the forehand in particular, and on these hard courts, it has been the formula. Another incredible win for Casper Ruth to get into another major final. So for a few hours, Casper Ruud actually moved to number one in the live rankings. But then Carlos Alcaraz, coming off two straight five-setters, would play another epic against Francis Tiafo Paul. I enjoy every moment. Look at this athleticism, folks. Look at the gets by both players, especially Alcaraz. Surely he can't get this one. Even Big Foe had to put his hand over his mouth. Michelle Obama wasn't sure that actually happened. And I'll tell you what, right there, Foe, listen to the noise in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Set one under his belt. It was some amazing tennis. But Alcaraz, as he continues to impress all of us, just does not go away. And so comfortable in all areas of the court. He played the baseline. His volley technique is amazing. We've seen the wheels. And this again, look at this. Watch this, folks. This is match point. Look what Foe comes up with. You have got to be kidding me. Filthy. That, uh, even, I think Francis surprised himself with that drop shot. That was some amazing stuff. Went into the tiebreak right here, and there was a couple unforced errors, and there's another one from Alcaraz. And you thought this New York crowd was going to carry the young American over the finish line. But I tell you what, the teenage Spaniard goes nowhere. This kid continues to impress me. He is so stable emotionally, uses all athletic skills, and combines it with a great head on his shoulders to think through adversity. And here we go at 5-3, 30-40, match point. Gets that ball at Francis's foot, and that was all she wrote. Over four hours again, folks. This poor kid hasn't been to bed before sunrise in the last three matches. It's the third time in the open era a player won back-to-back-to-back five-setters to reach a major final. A lot of love for Big Foe and what he was able to accomplish at this year's U.S. Open. But this will be the first ever major final featuring two players with a chance to make their debut at the top of the ATP rankings. Whoever wins is number one in the world. 
No pressure, guys. No pressure at all. <laughs> Alcaraz would be the youngest number one in history at 19 years old. Rude would go all the way from seven to one. Now, when they played in Miami, Alcaraz said forehand down the line, backhand down the line. Those were pretty good keys to me. Chanda, what do you think is going to be the main factor in tomorrow's final? I think it's going to be about who can control the middle of the court. I mean, watching Alcaraz, first, first and foremost, that is what he looks to do. He hits the ball big. The forehand is a huge weapon, and he can hit it to any area of the court. But when he's in control, it's very difficult for even the, one of the fastest guys in Rude to really stay in those points. So Rude has been really showing a lot of, aggressive play by stepping up himself looking to take more forehands I think that has been the formula for him on these hard courts and he has the foot speed to get to a lot of those balls and create openings but I think whoever controls the middle of the court is going to have more chances to take this match control the middle of the court says Chanda what say you Paul I'm going to tag on to the, that a little bit because it's really going to be about first strike tennis for me these guys are great athletes for sure but both of them their ability to get inside the baseline and control the tempo of the rally when that get get that first strike in is key and Alcaraz said it the most he said down the line backhand down the line forehand in Miami what that does is it backs up your opponent so first strike first punch even with these two great athletes whoever does that more successfully that's who's going to carry the trophy out this is going to be the youngest major final in 20 years mentioned that Carlos Alcaraz would be the first teenager ever to be ranked number one do you know who holds the uh, the record right now for youngest number one Shanda, you can chime in as well. Is it male or female? I mean, you're Nadal. Not male. Nadal? Not Nadal. I'll give you a hint, Paul. Leighton Hewitt. Wow, that's right. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> can't good believe I didn't. That you is so us. terrible of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rusty. I can't believe that's just bad. Hall of Famer. <laughs> that's just inducted. Bad. That's bad. <laughs> it was 20. But, I mean, this is history. This is new for stuff. Carlitos. New territory. Future's bright, folks. It's going to be different, but it's going to be bright. Youngest final at the U.S. Open since Pete and Andre went at it. 1990. World number one on the line in the city that never sleeps, just like Carlitos. Back after this. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Anacone Ruben Weissman back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, presented by Evian. Taking a look at the WTA race to the finals. The top two played for the U.S. Open title today. The next two are Americans Jessica Pagula and Coco Goff. WTA finals will be played in Fort Worth, Texas, October 31st to November 6th. Chanda and I will be there. Time now for our Americans in Action, presented by Evian. And let us celebrate Coco and Jesse, who, by the way, are also doubles partners. They are fourth in the race on the double side. They will be very busy in Fort Worth, Chanda. And let's start with Jesse Pagula, who once again had a massive run at a major. And what impressed you the most with her at the U.S. Open? I was impressed with how solid she was and how she understood how to play to her strengths, match in and match out, and even against Sviantek. She really pushed Sviantek, had some opportunities, couldn't quite capitalize, but a lot of upside for Jessica Pagula. And, you know, she's just been so calm and steady, cutting through the field at times and very quietly cementing herself at the top of the game. Top five now, so terrific accomplishment for her. 
Incredible. Number one ranked American woman in the world. Number one ranked American in the world, whether it's man or woman. And here's what she did at the majors. Quarters, quarters, and another quarter. I mean, she is consistent, Paul. Yeah, and a couple losses to Iga Fiontek in both quarters. But look, I think the biggest thing for me with Jesse Pagula is watching her in these big moments now. And you watch the growth. And the growth that I see is just the composure, and a lot of it is about what Chanda's talking about, her ability to trust her game in big moments. She realizes she is up there with the best players. She doesn't have to do anything really that's uncomfortable anymore to play with the best players, and now she feels like she can beat all of them. So I think that basically the steps that she's taken and what she's shown us in these big moments, it's all about maturation. It's one thing to have the skills, but it's another thing to go through it and build the belief so that you're comfortable with who you are and how you play. That's where she is now. Three of those losses to the eventual winner, whether it was Barty or Sviantec times two, Chanda. She drank a beer uh, during her press that. conference. That right? was awesome, yeah. She had a Heineken in hand after her loss. The Bills beat the Rams on Thursday. So, so things looking up for Jess. But what does that tell you uh, about her mindset in, in terms of just kind of being th this chill player? Yeah, I think, you know, she's just very comfortable in her own skin, comfortable with why she's playing this game, what her goals are. And you see it in the way that she works, the, the way that she trains. And a lot of that is starting to translate onto the tennis court. I mean, it's been incredible watching her, not just how beautifully she's striking the ball, but also her movement. That has been an improvement in her game, and it allows her to trust herself even more. So a lot of these things go hand in hand. And it's been fun to watch Jessica Pagula adjust to these different surfaces and still get the big results. And uh, again, be in the tour finals, that is another major step in her career. Yeah, I think a lot of this, too, you know, David Witt's done a really nice job coaching Jesse, and I think that their relationship has blossomed. And, again, a lot of it, when you're coaching someone, so much of it is about belief, too, and it's about getting buy-in from the player. And I think they've got a terrific partnership, which really has skyrocketed Jesse into the top ten, into the top five, and right where she is with the best of the best. So now it's about kind of staying the course, don't do anything crazy, just trust your game, and just try to get a little bit better, more consistent in big moments. But they've done a great job let's talk about her doubles partner coco golf chanda making her first quarterfinal at the u.s open how would you characterize that result for her yeah, I think it's another step forward for Coco Golf, And she came into this tournament with so much expectation, you know, a bit of pressure. And she really played beautifully through it. She used the crowd at times when she needed to. And I think she just met the moment more often than not. She came up against a very hot player in Caroline Garcia. And I think just didn't quite know how to play that match. But again, she's so young, she's still learning, going through the various matchups against players, figuring it out in real time. And I think that's going to continue to come with experience. But a lot of upside for Coco Golf. And I think it's a compliment to say that when players go up against her, like Caroline Garcia, they know they have to play their best tennis. They're bringing their, their best stuff. And, you know, that's just because of how consistent and how well golf has played at the top of the game. 18 years old, still the youngest player in the top 100. Here's how Coco did in the majors this year, obviously making the final eight for the first time in New York. Runner-up at Roland Garros. Just one match away, but obviously Iga Sviantec, the eventual champion. 
Uh, tough loss at the Australian Open. What do you make of this, Paul? Well, look, this is the, these are all ingredients that go into the growth of a finished product for Coco Golf, And for her to get this much experience this year, her first major final, a terrific showing here at the U.S. Open third round uh, was a good showing at Wimbledon. I just think... You know, it's so hard because there's so much expectation on her. And, and I think she does such a great job of managing that expectation. But one of the things that continue to resonate with me about Coco is she is one of the best point-for-point -point competitors I've ever seen. And rarely do you see that in an 18-year-old. There's usually so much area that they need to work on and to grow on that they can't just compete. And we've seen her do some incredible stuff with that competitive spirit. Couple little maybe technical tweaks she needs to make, in my opinion, to get to that next level. But she's 18 and she's right there already. And like Chanda said, all the players know they've got to bring their A game or they're going home. Yeah, I also think, you know, to that point, Paul, that the intensity she brings every single point. I mean, she doesn't take points off. She's always, you know, trying to figure it out. And, you know, that's not something you're used to having to contend with in a player this young. You know, usually you see a little more frustration. They'll have two or three points where there'll be a bit of a walkabout and then they'll find ways to pull it back. But golf just seems to embrace that component of the game and it makes her very tough to beat. I think the fact that she has made this breakthrough here in New York, I think that helps. You know, there was a lot at stake in some of these matches where she could have easily gone out of the tournament. I mean, Zhang, that was another match where, you know, it was nip and tuck. And I think she really made some great strides along with that uh, Grand Slam final. The first time you get to a major final is huge. And then she's number one in doubles. I mean, that's sort of an asterisk, but that's huge. And I think there is just so much to look forward to in the golf game. She's got to keep improving. And that is certainly what I hope for her. Um, you know, but she's willing to do the work. And, you know, that's the first criteria. One of the most composed teenagers you'll ever meet. Doesn't turn 19 until March. She will make her debut in the top 10. Youngest to do that since 2006. When we come back, more Americans to talk about. It's our doubles report, including a two-time champ. Welcome back to the Concrete Jungle. A reminder, the men's final 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on ESPN with a full post-game wrap right here on Tennis Channel with TC Live. Time now for our world-famous doubles report. Our Tennis Channel fam, Taylor Townsend, teaming up with Katie McNally, taking on American <laughs> Caroline Dollahide and Storm Sanders, Chanda. And Dollahide and Sanders got off to a quick, terrific start. Just dominating. We're up 2-0 in the second set, but finally Townsend and McNally able to hold and then get the break there with some fantastic shot making from Townsend. And then McNally joined the party and they helped each other. Uh, the two young Americans get over the finish line in that second set. And in the third, I think they just gained confidence from the fact that they were almost down and out. They stayed positive. They kept the faith and the belief. McNally started being able to defend against the big forehands of Dalahide, and then it was Townsend putting it away on the uh, on the overhead, and she was just so solid in every area when she needed to be. So terrific win for the two of them, and McNally back to another U.S. Open final. The Millie Rock for Taylor, Mick Tay-Tay. 
They are into the final. Taylor, first Grand Slam doubles final. Katie, second straight at the U.S. Open, made it with Coco Golf last year. The Czech duo looking to complete a career Grand Slam with their sixth major title together. And, of course, we've got two Grand Slam champions in doubles with us on TC Live. Chanda Rubin, Paul Anika, both in Australia, the cemetery. Ah. Nice. That's a nice little tie-in there, Steve. Right? It's our world-famous double segment. I like it. We you can't be world-famous unless no. you've won a major. Got we got Paul. We got Chanda. This is going to be a fun one tomorrow. I mean, I, I don't... What, do, what are you thinking, Chanda? You know, I think it'll be a tough match. The fact, though, that McNally and Townsend came from behind, they were almost down and out. I think that will relax them. Hopefully they play some great tennis because they will need to against Krejcikova and Sinyakova. You know, they are just such an established pairing. I mean, remember, McNally and Townsend, this is only their second tournament together, and already they're gelling. So some of the experience may come into play, but... I definitely like the chances of the young Americans. Yeah, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to see him win. The most impressive thing to me if they win is we're going to get to see, Steve, what is this now? The Millie Rock. <laughs> the Mill okay. we, we saw is Francis it, do it. This is what Steve does before the show, everybody. I just want you guys to yeah. know this at home. Tay-Tay, when, when you, whenever you want to get that TikTok, you know, when she worked for us, it was, we, were, we were on the, what do you call that? The Tic-Tac. Tic <laughs> That's right. That's I'm right. Tic-Tac train, Steve. <laughs> Gave out a trophy today. Mixed doubles final. Storm Sanders, John Pierce taking on Kirsten Flipkins and Edward Roger Vassalin. Paul. Uh, this was a, a battle right from the beginning. Roger Vassalin is an improved and, I'm sorry, a proven, not improved, a proven double specialist. He's a Grand Slam champion. And I'll tell you what, this was a battle from the beginning. Flipkins and Roger Vassalin winning the first set, and it goes into the dreaded super tie break, which is a tough way to decide such a huge match, but I love that it's up to 10. Little margin for error here, and by the score you could tell no one uh, was doing too many spectacular things to pull away, and it's John Pierce with the big serve to get the W. That's a heck of an effort. First Aussie duo to win at the U.S. Open in 21 years. At 45 winners, just 11 unforced errors. The men's doubles final was yesterday. Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury looking to defend their title against Wesley Kulhoff and Neil Skupski Paul. I tell you, this was a heck of a battle. It's so great for me to see Raj still out there playing great doubles. Raj is going to be 74 years old next week. Well, actually not 74. See, if you didn't even get that, he's only in his you got husk in my ear. I don't know what Come you're saying. Come on. Right I was just making a little <laughs> funny. Raj is still a kid and played... A terrific first set to get that under his belt in a tie break. Second set, not much between the guys. Look at the great reflexes at net. And then Raj pulling the trigger on the big forehand. And uh, these guys are on the brink of something special. Back-to-back -back majors. You said it. Back-to-back -back majors here, Steve, at the U.S. Open. Raji Fram, that is his, I believe you said his fifth major. Fifth major. That's He's great. a five-time major champion. Awesome for these guys. 38 years young. First men's doubles team to repeat at the U.S. Open since the Hall of Fame Woodies did it more than a quarter century no hint. ago. No hint this time? That was the hint. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Stay connected to the U.S. Open on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Join the conversation with hashtag U.S. Open. Much more still ahead, including what's trending on social media. Chant is all over it. Back on TC Live, always hugs with Oz. Jabir, first African woman to make the U.S. Open final in the open era. 
falls in straight sets. Let's hear from her after. To be honest with you, I have nothing to regret because I did everything possible and uh, I wish I served a little bit better today. It would have helped me a lot. But, um, you know, I, uh, you know Iga, how she plays in finals, and uh, it, it's very tough to beat her. But, I mean, I, I will keep positive and, and work on the things that was missing today. She's going to win one. She's going to win one. Time to see what's trending on social media. Big congratulations, Alexandra Iala, taking the junior girls title. First Filipino to win a junior Grand Slam title. Chanda. Uh, these are such incredible moments for young players trying to make their mark, coming in here looking for not only the confidence, but an opportunity. And, you know, what a great way to finish a terrific week. We're seeing some incredible juniors, and uh, she is another one. So congratulations, Alexandra. Yeah, it's been fun to watch some of the juniors. We got to see a bunch of the, the boys and the girls playing. And I tell you what, this is where dreams just start to blossom, right? Where they just start to believe that they might get there. And uh, no different in this instance. International nature of our sport. Iga, first Polish to win the U.S. Open. Kasper could be first from Norway. And now Alex Iala, first Filipino. Awesome stuff. Uh, Prakash texted me this morning. He said, I had to steal your coworker. Look at Worldwide. With Jeannie Bouchard in India, big tournament coming up next week, Chanda. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy, looking forward to seeing Jeannie Bouchard back on the court and get healthy. That's number one. Uh, and just looking to rebuild. But certainly this is the first step I've heard. Akash having the interview, getting a little bit behind the scenes. This is the first step in her rebuilding. <laughs> back out on court. <laughs> exactly. If she passes the test of talking to Prakash, she'll do just fine. And uh, it, it was great to have Jeannie here on the show last week, but I think she's doing absolutely the right thing, getting the match reps up this fall. She's got to get out there, just play a bunch of matches. Terrific that she's feeling healthy. And uh, rumor has it that she passed the Prakash test with flying colors. <laughs> she can't get away from Tennis Channel, whether it's with us or Prakash. We're everywhere. Iga Sviantek, the champion in New York City. We celebrate her when we come back. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Cadillac. Be iconic. Back on TC Live, taking a look at our upcoming schedule. The chase for the championships gets underway starting next week. Davis Cup Finals on the ATP. We mentioned the WTA is in India. Then they go to Seoul and Tokyo. Big event in San Diego for the men plus the Labor Cup live right here on Tennis Channel with all of the big four in action. A lot still to come as we lead up to the ATP and WTA Finals. We're going to have the best of the best from the U.S. Open tomorrow. But here's an honorable mention, Chanda, our hot shot of the day back to the GOAT herself. Yeah, this one almost made the cut, but certainly we've got to include Serena in this because she just lit up the first week in New York and showing a little bit of turning back the, the hands of time here, getting up to that drop shot and then the athletic almost ballet move hitting one of the hardest shots in tennis, the high backhand overhead. And again, this was a game where Serena saved a handful of match points, and this was another electrifying rally. 
Serena Williams, the talk of New York City, the talk of the sporting world, the talk of really the world. First week of the U.S. Open, what she was able to do, make the third round, take out the number two player in the world. And after she said, I, I wish I had started this a little sooner. <laughs> look, she, look, she is a legend, an icon, and um, did so many great things throughout her career, and especially this tournament, too. I mean, she was amazing, the level of intensity and the ability to back up some really difficult matches, lost that tough match to Isla, but but it's such a treat to see her play. And and Chanda, did she leave a maybe inkling there or not? What do you think? I think she definitely left a maybe. She kind of <laughs> left things a little uncertain. She does not want us to know for sure. And she's left the door open Good saying that she likes Australia, right? That's right. <laughs> so so you never know. But I think Sarita kind of surprised herself with the level she was able to get to in just three matches and having so little match play over the last year plus. And so who knows? I mean, if, if she is feeling good physically, she feels like she can, you know, give it another go. I mean, why not? What else are you going to do during the offseason? <laughs> <laughs> just eat over the holidays, get some training done. Yeah, hang out with your family, <laughs> little yeah. Olympia. No, let's, let's play some more tennis. Uh, we got one more match. <laughs> we got the men's final. Casper Ruud, Carlos Alcaraz. They're playing for world number one. They're playing for their first major title, Paul. Who do you have? Uh, this is such a tough one for me. I'm a huge fan of both of these players. And I keep saying to myself, for Carlos Alcaraz, you can't play this much, this late, consistently, and rebound for the next match. This will be match number, I believe, four for him to do this late at night after the last two matches were over nine hours. So there's no way he can do it again, but that's why I'm predicting him. <laughs> Carlitos, for Paul, you love it. There's nothing this kid can't do. Uh, Chanda, who do you have? You know, I'm, I'm going Alcaraz as well. I mean, he has just been showing something so special. And every moment we think, okay, he cannot produce another shot to top the last one. He does it. And, you know, I think Rude will be a bit fresher. Maybe that is in his advantage. He certainly has a good shot. And the fact that he's got this level of confidence, you cannot count him out. But Alcaraz just looks like he's destined. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to give him the edge. <laughs> Listen, we talk about the end of the big three era, although, by the way, in Australia, we'll still be talking about Novak and, and Rafa, pro probably the favorites heading into that once again. Serena, probably not going to be there. Left the door open. Who knows? But what would it mean to our sport to see a 19-year-old get to number one, win his first major title here? Look, I, I think it would be amazing. But the one thing that I've learned from this event with Serena carrying the torch, well, let's say, let's put it this way. As Jimmy Connors once said, she carried the football to the five-yard line, and these young players are bringing it into the end zone. Mm. And, and for me, it's a great sign to see these young players not only with talent and charisma, but with the ability to manage big moments. So, uh, look, I just think the future is so bright. The biggest mistake we always make is we compare them to what we have. Do mm -hmm. not compare people to Serena. That's going to be a losing battle. And do not compare people to Roger, Rafa, and Novak. They're going to be different, but it's going to be bright. Yeah, we've, we've been so lucky in this sport to see some of these all-time greats for so long throughout their careers. But the future's bright, bright, and maybe the future is now. These young players are stepping up, and it's going to be fun to watch. I'm just going to let you know, we are going to compare. But uh, the final tomorrow, can't wait for it, 4 Eastern on ESPN. TC Live to follow right after to wrap it all up. A salute to Iga Sviantek.
the queen of queens. Thanks for watching TC Live. We will see you after the men's final tomorrow.